This is Rabbi Sharon Brous, Rabbi Adi Kar, where we're dedicated to reinvigorating Jewish community, ritual, and learning, all while laying the foundation for a just and loving society. You're listening to Ikar's podcast, where you can hear our sermons from Shabbat and holidays, our teachings, our guest speakers, basically anything we think worth hearing that we can capture and stream, you can listen to right here. The whole Megillah. I mean, literally the whole Megillah. So thank you so much for being with us. Um, Shabbat Shalom, everybody. And Mazel Tov, Moses. Really uh, beautiful uh, command performance. Um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a Rashi at the beginning of this week's Parsha that has always bothered me. Um, it's Parsha Vayeshev, which means he settled. And it begins with Jacob finally arriving home after years of exile and then a dramatic and tense confrontation with his brother Esav. Uh, which he survives, and so, Vayeshev Yaakov Be'eretz Megurei Aviv, and Jacob settled in the land where his fathers lived, in the land of, of Canaan. After all these years of fighting and struggling and working, and uh, he's finally settling down, Vayeshev. So Rashi, the famous French medieval commentator, says the following, Vayeshev, Bikesh Yaakov Leisha Beshalva. Jacob was trying to settle down and live in tranquility. But the fury of Joseph pounced upon him. Rashi is making sense of the irony of the opening word, Vayeshev, which sounds like a calming movement, settling, when the very next thing that we'll hear about is the beginning of the Joseph story, which will immediately launch the family into a whole new drama full of jealousy, bitterness, and rage, and then violence and tragedy, as Joseph is sold into slavery, leaving his father to grieve the son he loved and presumes dead. So Rashi says, he was just trying to live in peace, and look what happened. But then Rashi continues with a more general statement. The righteous seek to settle down in tranquility. But the Holy One says, Is it not enough that peace awaits you in the world to come? But you want tranquility in this world as well? And that's the piece that has always disturbed me. You want, you want to live in peace and happiness, Rashi is saying, in this world? That's not the purpose of this life. This life is full of struggle. This is the journey, and it's hard, and there are battles, and there is suffering, and it just keeps coming. And, you know, that, that much I know, but it's the extra twist, that God wants it this way. God wants us to suffer, to be agitated, to never know serenity. Not in this life, anyway. You can, you can relax in the next world. Now, that is a message that I find unsettling, to say the least, because I, I am, by nature, a terribly anxious person. I, I wake up in the morning often enough with a, a panic tightness in my chest. I'm always stressing out about what I need to do or what I haven't done this week or in my life. I second guess everything I do, everything I say, and I, I worry that others disapprove of me. I, I, I worry all the time, worry, worry. And, and so, and so, I, I want, I'm, I'm desperate for some of that shalva, that, that serenity, that tranquility that Rashi is talking about, that Jacob seems to be seeking. I want to live in peace and tranquility. 
And now I'm being told that that's not what God wants for me. God wants me to be agitated, struggling, battling my way through life. Why? Now, maybe I'm off the hook. Because remember, Rashi was talking about the righteous, and I'm, I'm not that righteous. So maybe I get to chill out a bit, right? This is just a message for the, the spiritual elite who are destined to suffer for the rest of us. But, but there's good reason to suspect that, that Rashi is not just talking to the tzaddikim, but directing all of us to a central Jewish principle. Tension. This is a, this is a tradition that thrives on tension. Our, our intellectual heritage is famously founded in debate. There's no official dogma in Judaism. There are only arguments. And our theology is rooted in an infinite and undefinable God who contains everything and its opposite. Love and fear. Kindness and judgment. Imminence and transcendence. The Jewish answer to any either-or question is always both. And not just both happily at once, but often enough, both in tension. And we know this well enough in this community where we're always talking about the need to do the difficult work of holding joy and sorrow together. Because we know, as any gathering of a thousand people knows, that in any given week, there's always someone celebrating and there is always someone mourning. So uninterrupted tranquility is impossible. Life is just like that. But even more than that, beyond our own personal concerns, beyond our own lives, there is the life of this world, which in the Jewish telling is a great long battle from slavery to freedom, from darkness into light. Our journey through history, our eschatology, is goal-oriented. Tikkun olam, to use the famous phrase, fixing the world. That means the world is broken. So we are charged with working to fix this broken world and to bring about, ultimately, in the world to come, an age of universal peace and love where all people can pray together in the same great house, the kingdom of God on earth. That's in the world to come. But in this world, we're just fighting to get there. And that's why God says incredulously, what, you, you want tranquility in this world as well? This is not a religion of detached, quiet contemplation, of meditating and ascending to the great beyond. This is a religion of journeying and struggling through this world and its problems. But is all of this tension, all of this struggle, really a religious ideal? I mean, it may be inevitable, but does God, does the Torah actually want this for us? Some would say yes. I, I was trained in the modern Orthodox world, and it is a world built on tension. Tension between the old and the new, the modern and the Orthodox, tradition and progress. And that tension was held with pride, and it was justified through the dialectical philosophy of the great theologian of modern Orthodoxy, Rabbi Joseph Soloveitchik, we just called him the Rub. And the Rub spoke often and beautifully about the two opposing sides of our humanity, Adam one and Adam two, as he called it. The, the tension that we feel in the world, in other words, is inherent in us, and that is as God intends it. He puts it most succinctly 
1978 article called Majesty and Humility. Listen to this. Man is a dialectical being. An inner schism runs through his personality at every level. The Judaic view posits that the schism is willed by God as the source of man's greatness. Man is a great and creative being because he is torn by conflict and is always in a state of ontological tenseness and perplexity. The fact that the creative gesture is associated with agony is a result of this contradiction which pervades the whole personality of man. The Rav validated our tension, even our agony. And so we carried around his vision with us like a, like a badge of honor. Look at us, holding the tension, living in the struggle. No tranquility in this world. Rashi would have been proud. So Rabbi Soloveitchik, with his philosophical brilliance and his poetic eloquence, was, was one of the great, great figures that inspired the beginnings of my religious uh, journey in my early 20s. And so for a long time, I held fast to his dialectical theology. It agreed with my sense of the complexity of the world, and it made sense of my own inner angst. But I am now a man in my 40s, and I still feel all that angst. And it doesn't feel so religiously valuable anymore. I, I'm, I'm committed to intellectual debate, and I'm, I'm committed to the struggle for a better world, but I'd also like to find some peace of mind. And I feel like surely my, my spiritual life, my Judaism, is the place to turn to for that serenity. Like Jacob, I'm seeking to settle into some tranquility. But are there any voices in our tradition that would offer that to me? Anyone, anyone willing to push back against the unrelenting, unsympathetic, unsympathetic God of, of Rashi and, and Rav Soloveitchik? Well, of course there are. Right? That's the good thing about a tradition founded on debate. There's always another approach. <laughs> and this week, I found some hope for peace of mind in the approach of Rabbi Simcha Bonim of Peshischa, an early 19th century Polish Hasidic thinker. Now, he was a Hasid, but he was also something of a revolutionary in the Hasidic movement. After nearly a century of a Hasidut guided by guru-like rebbies with access to mystical secrets that could unlock the cosmos, Simcha Bonim led what we might call the psychological turn in Hasidut, encouraging his followers to look inwards for the ultimate spiritual truths. So he knew something about the inner life and probably something about our private anxieties. And this is what he has to say about Rashi's warning in this week's Parsha, that the righteous seek serenity, but God appears to deny them, saying that peace is only in the world to come, not in this one. He says, but the truth is, the truth is the righteous needs serenity and comfort in order to be able to keep up their righteousness. We need peace of mind, the righteous and, and all of us. And we need it, he says, in order to do the righteous work of the world. And this is so true and so often overlooked. All that struggle for a better world will eventually burn us out. But not just that. It will leave us living in a constant state of fear and anxiety and we'll be paralyzed. 
And then we'll be no good at struggling for anything. So, inner peace and outer struggle are not competing religious values. Rather, righteous living is hard. And to be sustainable, it requires a calm and peaceful mind. So, how does he make sense of Rashi's comments of the God that cannot seem to tolerate our need for tranquility in this world? Omnam, however, he says, How does one determine if the desire for tranquility is compatible with divine service or not? The idea here is, If someone is settled into a deep tranquility, but starts thinking that they need to be very careful not to lose that state of mind. And so they begin worrying about it, lest they lose their tranquility. That is the need for tranquility in this world that Rashi is warning about. This is an incredible insight. And I told you he was a psychologically sophisticated thinker. That sometimes our desperate search for peace of mind becomes a source of anxiety in itself. We become obsessed with our own well-being. And whatever measure of it we can find, we're scared to lose. That, says Reb Simchaboni, is the state that Jacob was in as he settled down and tried to forget all of the trauma of the past. He wanted to make sure that his suffering was over, that he would never feel anxiety again. And I know that desire. But that doesn't work. The world keeps turning and life keeps happening and we cannot control the inevitable forces of sorrow and struggle that pounce on us, like the story of Joseph pounced on Jacob. So what do we do? Rav Simcha Bunning concludes, Aval, im eno mashgiach al hashalva, but if one is not constantly monitoring one's tranquility, but just tending to it as much as is necessary to keep up one's work in the world, this is the kind of tranquility that we do need in order to serve God. We do need peace of mind. I do, anyway, and I, and I want it for all of you as well. We cannot forget, with all of our attention to the tragedies of the world and the traumas in our own lives, we cannot forget to nurture our souls, and to find that quiet inside that we will need to sustain us. But, and here I'm, I'm speaking to myself, let's not let our yearning for serenity become just one more source of anxiety. This is a delicate balance. We have to learn to live with a world that is unsettled, and sometimes to live with souls that are unsettled. We have to make peace with that, we have to be okay with our own anxieties, to feel them, but not to be consumed by them, because we have cultivated just enough space inside of us, just enough quiet in our hearts, that we know we can go inside ourselves and find peace. And when we can learn, no matter what's happening, to find that place of peace within, then we can turn once again to the world around us and work to build that great universal peace on earth that lies somewhere at the end of our long, hard journey through history.
way out there in the world to come. I wish you a Shabbat Shalom, Ushalva, a Shabbat of, of peace and tranquility. Hi, it's Rabbi Brass again. Thank you so much for listening. Want more content like this? I hope you'll subscribe. And please consider making a contribution to Ikar so we can continue to work toward the fulfillment of our mission, to reanimate Jewish life, to embody moral courage, to nurture the spirit, and to work to decipher what it means to be a human being in the world today. Visit our website at ikar.org. That's I-K-A-R.org. And I hope to see you maybe even in person sometime soon.